All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. We get a new Black Panther. How spooky is Dahmer, actually? Andor is definitely Premier TV, and we rewatch Dunkirk. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Pretty good, man. I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm great. We've had two great podcasts this week. We did our Thrones cast on House of the Dragon episode seven, best episode yet, best podcast we've done on it yet. Go check that out. We did our sports cast talking about the Vikings' big, ugly win across the pond. We talked some Premier League. We talked uh, about the Gophers, the Wolves, all kinds of stuff. So go check that episode out. And now we're here to talk about TV. And uh, all the news and TV and movies, uh, lots of good stuff today. But before we dive into all that great content, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast, and also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from, and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I, and it's it's that time of year again, Eric. Uh, I, I I would be remiss if we didn't bring it up. We're we're in discussions about prices for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're we're still working on that, but you know, TBD for everyone on on you know what what January will look like price wise. Trying to yeah, actually, free, you know, uh, ideally it's still free, ad free, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, and probably free. Um, and then also, uh, we're about three months out of uh, Nordy territory here, so start sending Ooh. us your guys' suggestions on what are the best things from 2022. Kind of spooky to already be talking about that. Um, now, what are you guys drinking tonight? Okay, so Eric, I I tried to drink the beer that you tried to drink last pod. Yeah. Um, it's it. What is it? The yuzu thing? Mutagenic alchemy from War Pigs. Um, I'm not gonna drink it. I think it's too gross. Yeah. I can't believe it's so gross. So I'm gonna drink this nice head flyer beer that I've had before. It's called Tadao Cold IPA. Love it. I was going to just drink this beer for both episodes. And now I'm drinking a Heipzig that I had in my fridge um, because I couldn't have another one because it was real bad. Yikes. <clears throat> Ryan, you're drinking. Oh, I'm drinking water. Okay, water. There it is. Good work. Good for you. All right, uh, so here we go. We're going to dive right into this episode. And uh, we've got a lot of news today. Uh, the first thing is the Black Panther trailer that dropped. What are you guys thinking about Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever? Dude, <clears throat> this trailer really... I mean, it set everything up. I think, like, you know, the last one was like, okay, what's Namor about? Uh, who's going to be the next Black Panther? This pretty much answered it. Um, Namor can fly with wings on his feet? <laughs> I mean, this movie is is going to be pretty out there. It's going to be pretty pretty nuts. They had a lot of Riri stuff, right? She's going to be the new kind of Iron Man character who builds her own armor. That part was pretty cool, the trailer. Um, and then, you know, towards the end, they had somebody like, you know, in a Black Panther suit drop in, definitely female, almost for sure Shuri, the sister, I think is going to be the next Black Panther. Um, I will say that, like, Black Panther with a female figure looks pretty fucking cool. Um, just because, like, you know, Panthers are kind of, like, svelte and fast. And I don't know. It looks cool. The very small shot we got looks great. I don't really like the actress that much that 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 uh, is going to be taking this on. But, dude, I'm reserving all judgment because the first one was great. And I kind of like what they're doing here. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that this is a bad move? Well, the, the poster, just to confirm, the poster has Shuri front and center with the, you know, the arms crossed. With the arms crossed. Um, they don't have the mask on her or anything, but yes. It's right behind her. I right. mean, the, the imagery could not be any more uh, obvious, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's all but confirmed. And I, I certainly hope the way that she in the trailer, she drops from like 100 feet onto a platform. I mean, she has to have the powers of the Panther. You can't just do that unless the suit, you know, she's very techy, right? She was like the tech. Maybe she can do it without the power. She must have the power. I hope. We'll find out in a little over a month. I know. Yeah, I think it was cool. It was I, a cool trailer. I really was like slightly more excited before I saw it. I don't. I think that's bad. 
I wish that they didn't spoil it that much. Um, mm-hmm. I wish that they recast Black Panther or brought in a new character to play Black Panther, um, man or woman. I just wish that it would have been something that you had to like watch the movie. Um, it would have been fun if you would have kind of had to play a guessing game on who it was going to be and if pe- what people's motivations were. And then like at some point you got a cool reveal. So I think it's going to mm-hmm. be good because Black Panther 1 was good. Um, but the problem is, is that the best part of Black Panther 1 died and died prematurely. And I think there's uh, a lot of there's some really, really, really big Black Panther boots to fill. Mm-hmm. And with just the cast that already existed as the ones who are going to fill it, I'm concerned. OK, that's fair. That's fair. Barry Jenkins, great director, what, though. So let's see what happens. What did we say all along? Like I- anyone but Shuri. You know, like yeah. there, there's character. lots of ways to go, and I, I, I don't know. I, it, it we said even that. if her ridiculous, you know, personal views outside of being an actress weren't there, I still think this would be the wrong choice for the film. But what do I know? Yeah, um, we did say that. We said anybody but Shuri. <laughs> it seems like it's Shuri. So I'm, I'm reserving judgment even yet. Me too. I agree. All right, uh, we got some other news from the MCU. Uh, news is that's great. Yeah, uh, perfect. Armor Wars switches from a show on Disney Plus to a movie. Um, who the hell is going to be an armor? <laughs> um, yeah, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle, Paul Bettany, I guess, as like member white, uh, like white version of um, what's his name? Vision, Vision, yeah, the white vision, <laughs> or oh, the white vision of the future, if you will. For uh, it kind of sounds bad that way. Um, yeah, oh, for and two then, on characters I care about. And yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, oh, Sam Rockwell is going to return as Justin Hammer. These are like mm. the C cast from Iron Man one and two is and now this is gonna be a movie? These movies. And I'm just like, did 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 Marvel make these guys big enough stars to now carry their own movie? Not really, in my opinion. No. Same with like Sam as Captain America. Like, dude, he it's not like because he was Falcon, his star has risen now enough to carry a Captain America movie. Okay, so here's my question for you guys. Um, if you had an Infinity Stone, okay, and you put it into your PS5, right? And you connected the Infinity Stone to your PS5, and then you took the PS5 and you broke it, um, would Call of Duty cease to exist? <laughs> what the fuck are you... T- I've had four Vision years is there. a fucking... Vision is a computer program. Right. You broke the computer and it had an Infinity Stone in it. He's yeah. just like downloadable content, right? Yeah, he's a DLC. Okay, I like this. How guys. in the world? How in the world have they not just like downloaded him into a different robot body, or just like talked to him on a computer, and then he like built his own body, and maybe he didn't have an Infinity Stone? But didn't they so just exactly like, do that in WandaVision, and now he's back? No, I think White Vision was like not the same person and didn't have any of his memories. He was just a body that she like brought back. But like, how come she didn't just like take the body and then just like fix it up put it spending all this time talking about vision (laughs) (laughs) also what about a ps4 how about a ps4 but then you put in i'm an xbox guy nobody (laughs) is ever dead in the mcu i like halo (laughs) i like halo too no one is ever dead in the mcu and further proof of that kevin feige is now suggesting that not just Vision is going to come back for a movie that we don't really care about, but yeah. Scarlet Witch is also not dead. I know. I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm like, dude, can somebody just die? Um, so he was like, they asked him and he he was like, well, you know, I mean, I'm so excited about her potential future in the MCU. And, you know, one little, re- I don't know, I saw a tower come down. I saw a little red flash. I didn't see a body. It's like, dude, can you please just kill somebody besides Tony Stark, who we didn't even want to die? I liked that movie, okay? Um, Multiverse of Madness. I, like and I thought as, as like a spooky zombie villain character was so amazing. Um, but in the end, she was like, no, I'm a monster and a bad person. I need to die. And then like everything fell, <coughs> fell on her. Yeah. She's like the last person I want to die besides Spider-Man right now. She's like one of the best things the MCU has going for it. She is so likable. She's a great villain and a great hero. Her powers are cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. She had a great show. And we were we, she went from being a fringe side a character. crush on her. We get it. Oh, she's the best. Mm-hmm. And she's part of the whole X-Men story as well. 
There's a 0% chance she's gone. I don't know why we had to pretend it was a thing at the end of the last movie. Well, I think it, yeah. it needed to be a thing because she killed like a million people brutally. Like she was so bad. That even if she comes back, not, people can't just be like, haha, well, you so see, you're good now, right? Like you promise you won't brutally murder like 300 people? I just feel like that was Wanda from a different universe. Oh, okay. Yeah. You had me in that. prison. Well, and that's imprisoned the whole time. I think it's a, that that's part of this whole like multiverse thing where it's going to become a redundant theme that people could die and then they'll be like, oh, we're just going to reach across and pluck another version out of it and yeah. plop it into this one. And they could do that at any point in time that they want. And I feel like that leaves the stakes, especially when something like this happens mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, OK, well, that was kind of final. Um, you know, maybe in the, in the, a la, uh, you know, Romanoff, you know, Natasha Romanoff, uh, in Endgame, seemingly, um, Wanda is gone and now they're just like, nah, we changed their mind, yeah. you know? Yeah. Was, we did that cause it was a cool scene and, uh, but yeah, they don't yeah, it didn't really matter. Yeah. I get that. That's, that I think comics. that's bad. That's bad storytelling overall. I, I kind of agree. Works for the comics. Um, I, I feel like movies are different. They totally. shouldn't really just totally. keep it that, that fluid, but anyways, Agreed. Um, okay, so it doesn't seem like we're very happy with the direction of Marvel right now. I actually think that the worst thing that Marvel's ever done is open. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll be so cool and we're all like, fuck, dude. They always we just didn't understand. Uh, so far, so far, not great. It seemed also, great in Loki. We were like, dude, Loki, this show is so cool. And then we're like, uh. Yeah, I think in that, in that localized fashion, feels a little more... Uh, sustainable mm-hmm. throughout the entirety of everything. Not, it's too much. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Deadpool three, we're getting. There was a fun little announcement, and we did find out that Hugh Jackman will be returning as Wolverine. Does this move the needle for you guys at all? Sure, of course, absolutely. I mean, I'm not like I don't know. I feel like as like some kind of like nerd that watches all this, I should be so excited. And I'm like, dude, I've seen a lot of of him as Wolverine. Um. I liked the Deadpool movies. I didn't love them. I think that they're they're good and they're entertaining. Um, I'll take like the Guardians movies over the Deadpool movies personally. Um, you know, for kind of like goofy, fun, lighthearted comic book stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is good news. I mean, it's cool. He he's definitely like the best Wolverine ever, and I can't imagine a better one. But we haven't really gotten a chance to try another Wolverine? I mean, can you guys name another actor that's played Wolverine besides Hugh Jackman? No. There's nobody else, right? Could no we, one. Could we try somebody else someday? I'd love to try someone else. I uh, can't wait for that. And... I think this is, I think this is, sorry, I think this is just a little bit of a riff on, like, the whole Deadpool Wolverine Twitter beef, you know, yeah. and, and, like, the, you know what I mean, like, the, the whole contrived thing. And I think it's a cool, fun, fan service way to, to bring a third Deadpool film um that may or may not eric has theories uh could potentially lead him uh into a different area of the properties that disney now owns i would love it if deadpool at the end of the movie in like joking fashion like came into the universe that like the mcu universes like all the characters that we've watched in the movies and like makes a joke out of it i picture it like in who framed roger rabbit where he like walks through the the wall and then he's all of a sudden he's like from the real world into the cartoon world, you yes. know, and like that's that's what I envision. So he happening. like he like steps through and all of a sudden his like costume looks way better because he's got more money. <laughs> he's like, I'm in the MCU now, motherfucker. Well, yeah. and that's always like a fun joke of like what uh what sidekicks he got, especially in the first one. Like mm-hmm. they had to go all the way down, you know, to the bottom of the barrel for, you know. The and X-Men then he, and he turns to the camera with. and he's like, wow, this is all Fox can afford? Like, this is pathetic. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I just, I really quick, really quick wanted to talk about why Hugh Jackman is doing this. Um, I'm going to go rapid fire. Since Logan 2017, which was, I think, our movie of the year. Yeah, we love that year. Um, and deservedly so. Um, he's done The Greatest Showman, Flop, The Front Runner, Flop, Bad Education, never heard of it. Um, home movie, The Princess Bride, a TV short. He was Prince oh. Humperdinck. Uh, he played Nick in some movie called Reminiscence. He was in one oh, episode of Big Mouth. He was in the TV show Human Resources. Didn't watch it. He did a, an episode of The Simpsons, The Sun, uh, Koala Man, 
um, is filming, and then he's doing uh, Deadpool 3. So that's probably why he returned to the MCU, because uh, that's a pretty shit run of five years of TV and uh, movies. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, he's back. That was an easy... That was like Ryan Reynolds called him, and he just said yes before Ryan could get through his pitch. He's like, yeah, hey, Hugh. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, so not ideal. Um, I am sort of excited about this. Like, no, I'm kind be, of sad. Be it'll be awesome. It'll be probably I mean, really, really funny. Here's what I'll say. The two characters that I don't want to come back, really, are Tony Stark. And as they were the two that I think had the best send-offs yeah. in, in their roles. And so I don't really want them to come back because I thought their endings were so perfect. So yeah. Um, let's move out of MCU stuff for a bit here. Uh, Friday, this Friday... Disney Plus movie drop, Werewolf by Night. Why should we care? You know, the reason I think we should care is because the critics are loving it. And Kevin Feige himself was like, we are going to introduce a bunch of stuff in this that is canon, and it's going to change the MCU. Um, Apparently it has, you know, the creature that, like, kind of guards the nexus of all the multi-realities... Um, I don't know much about it, but I've heard that it's it's actually going to be really good, and it's it's one of like a few people said it's the best thing that the uh, Disney Plus has done. Um, so I don't know much about it. It's kind of like an old school horror movie, uh, monster movie, but I think it's going to be really cool, and I'm excited about it. That's that's all I know. What? And I think this is really smart by by uh, Marvel, so they can finally do that. Uh the you know disney dc jared leto crossover and bring in morbius um into oh, the into the conversation so yeah. i think that that's really what the setup is <laughs> all right morbius is in it luckily but yeah i mean werewolf was in i'm, I'm gonna watch it on friday i'm excited about it um i hope that it's good it says it's 52 minutes yeah it's a, it's a tight 50 it's a, <laughs> i didn't even know that was a thing but it's a tight 50 let's go all right, so uh, next up, Trevor Noah to leave The Daily Show. Uh, this is coming out of left field, I think. I'm a little mm-hmm. surprised by this. Sounds like he wants to focus more on his stand-up and maybe his new girlfriend. Who's his new girlfriend? Dua Lipa. No way. Yeah. She's so pretty. Nice work, dude. In the same week, he started dating Dua Lipa and quit The Daily Show. Oh, God. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd quit everything for Dua Lipa. I, I don't yeah. have nearly anything going like that. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. he got his first. So Trevor Noah, his, first... his stand-up. Have you ever seen him do stand-up? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's fine. It's not that good. Uh, he got his first taste of that little, um, you know, that little hip hip move that Dua Lipa does and he decided just to be a groupie yeah I get it he's just gonna follow her around on tour I think now so yeah Trevor Noah not gonna be on the daily show I don't know how we could possibly guess who will be the next host of the daily show um uh people want it to be Klepper Jordan Klepper brilliant a lot of people want it to be daring him, so maybe. that makes sense um, yeah I wonder if I wonder if uh Comedy Central likes him more in the field um if that's kind of his thing you know, I read an interesting name earlier this week, and I don't know if he would do it, but I think it would be really good, and that's Michael Che. Mm. Yeah, I don't know Michael if he wants Chay. to commit to, like, TV episodes like that um, that are, I don't know, maybe more controlled. I, I, I don't know what the dynamic is with SNL or how much freedom he has as a writer there. I, I, I wonder if that might play into it, but... I don't see it. I, I don't see it, because he's always the one that's like... I hate all politics. These politics suck. I'm so disinterested by the politics. That's, That's like the true. character at least he plays. And his stand-up is actually better than than Trevor Noah's. But, yeah, I don't know. I could see that. I could see, you know, Jordan Klepper. Um, I don't a lot know of people are saying Roy Wood Jr. I mean, it's still a pretty big show for cable TV, which I don't know if anybody watches anymore. But um, I don't know what, what's going to happen. A lot of people like all the former people from the show. Samantha B. Roy Wood Jr. and Jordan Klepper are some big names to think about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting Samantha stuff. Samantha B has has full frontal with Samantha B, which yeah. has been like doing okay. Not so anymore. I don't know if she's gonna leave That's that. It's, it's dead. Uh, well, yeah. then I don't know. She's had one show canceled. Does she get another one? We'll Can't see. be here. All right. Um, next up, we got Jonathan Majors going to play Dennis Rodman in a uh, movie about our show. A show. It's movie. a movie. A movie about the 48 hours where Rodman left the Bulls and went to Vegas with Carmen Electra and friends and partied. 
for 48 hours, yeah. And this was <laughs> like in the playoffs? Legendary. This was in the middle of the playoffs too, right? It was in the middle of the finals. Oh, the finals. Okay, wow. Even it was in like better. the 98 finals. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it is crazy. And I don't think people really knew much about it until that Jordan doc that came out, you know, during like Last Dance or whatever it was. Um, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's great. I, I'm like, I, I'm excited to watch it. I mean, Jonathan Majors is super talented. Um, He's good. It's, you know, Rodman's crazy. The whole thing should be pretty entertaining. I, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah. We're trying to do a lot. Like it's going to be a pretty big movie if he's in it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lisa Kudrow will star in a, in Taika's new series called Time Bandits on Amazon. Yeah. It's going to be like a Apple. Sorry. On Apple. Yeah. It's going to be an Apple. It's uh, well, okay. So, you know, maybe we're not that excited about Phoebe coming to like star in a show, but it's Taika. So we should be excited. I love Taika. Right. So it's Taika's next series. I mean, I think that um, sci-fi, I don't know. I, I picked up watching what we do in the shadows again after stopping after like the first episode. And this new season is really funny. It is. And, I just finished it today. It's great. And the little Colin is literally so funny. Um, so I, I think there's, he's still crushing it. I, I think I'm, I'm in because Taika's in it. Or yeah, Taika's that's doing all it. The, yeah. We follow Taika. We'll check it out. All right. Keep well, it I think an interesting, sorry, an interesting conversation I think we need to have is, is Apple stealing a lot of the, best content <clears throat> that it's trying to put out i know like you know they had to start somewhere and they had the morning show and a few things but i wonder if you know getting shows like severance and some of these other ones that are are critically reviewed and very popular that that maybe they're becoming the new netflix but that's a that's a conversation for another day we'll see if we'll Taika, see. they're they're at least getting the best talent to do a lot of stuff i mean they got uh they got the dude you know that did uh breaking bad right so they got his next show it's gilligan Yep. Yeah, they got Vince Gilligan's next show. So yeah, they're kind of grabbing up big talent from AMC, from FX. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, um, couple quick ones here. A community movie is in the works for Peacock. So they always talked about this. It was kind of like a, a thing they were going to do five seasons in a movie. And they ended up doing the five seasons and the movie never came. So um, I don't expect great things from this. It's going to be a Peacock movie. Um, I did love this show back in the day. It's a long time ago, but I did love this show. Um, and when Dan Harmon was really cooking, um, this was a great show. It was fun to watch. So um, I probably won't watch the movie until after maybe some reviews come out. But um, for everyone that has been uh, waiting on bated breath for 10 years for a community movie, it's finally happening. So two questions. One, does Donald Glover take part in this? Great question. Uh, question 1B, does Chevy Chase take part in this? Probably <laughs> <Okay>. not. Um, <laughs> and question 2, does it live up to what Dan Harmon has moved on to, which is Rick and Morty? No, definitely not. Yeah, probably not. All right, rough. Uh, and finally, His Dark Materials final season coming in December, season 3, the final season. Um, I think that this show is underwhelming. Yeah, it's a and failed it series. It doesn't mean that I don't like it or think it's good. I think the girl who plays Lyra is a future star. I think really good. Um, I think she's done everything we to make the show. just about Logan being a great movie, and she starred in that. Yeah. So, yeah. I think she's amazing, and I think she's great in this show. But to me, I didn't read the books, and it feels like almost like a Sparknotes version of the books, like a really oh, fast oh, yeah. version. We're, no we're skipping everything and the idea must have always been three seasons and it's obviously a story that can't be told in three seasons no i don't think the the idea was three seasons i think the idea was five or six seasons and it just wasn't getting the traction maybe the stars weren't interested in signing on for more seasons and they're wrapping it too quick i think it's a or maybe they watched lin-manuel miranda acting and they're like this show is absolute shit with him in it and he's in 50 percent of problem um (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's really, really too bad. And I do feel like I may never see this like really, really amazing Philip Pullman set of, of novels nope. come to life because now they've it's had like a the curse series a yeah. show. Forget it, dude. It's like Avatar The Last Airbender, dude. It's just never going to be live action. You know a show is really, really good when we do a podcast where we scour the internet trying to find trailers and information. And this announcement literally snuck up on us and we just saw it. Yep. yesterday yeah so 
you know, whatever. It's too bad. I, I, I was all in. I was very excited about this. Uh, I don't think it's going to work out. It looked so great. I mean, we, we were so hyped for season one with the trailers and the cast and who was doing it and everything looked great. And it just didn't, it never really clicked. Yeah, Never clicked. All right. Uh, let's move on to Hot Rex, Not Rex. The only place to start right now is a real quick talk about the best show on TV. And that is House of the Dragon on HBO Max. We would like to direct you at this time to our Thrones cast. We do our own show on this every week of the show. We thought this was the best episode. And I think this is pretty close to TV at its best. I mean, I think that's the kindest thing I can say about a show. And I think this was about as good as television get. Um, please tune into that. We can't say much more, but it's, it is like a, a really magical show. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it cooks. it's definitely clicking. And uh, this one was fun to talk about. So, yeah, go check out the full pod. We, we spent 30 minutes on it, as it well deserved. Um, but, yeah, and now they're going to jump time again, and we're going to be set up for the rest of the series because the kids are going to be, you know, in their teens, and the battle lines are drawn. Um, this is this has been really fun. This is this is Game of Thrones at its best. There you go. Yeah. What episode Absolutely. 7 does. Yeah. All right, uh, next up we have Andor. Wow. This show is close, in my opinion, to House of the Dragon. I think that Andor is the best thing so far that I've seen on Disney+, and I cannot even wait for the next episode to drop. I wish they were coming faster. I know. That's the only thing. It's like, so they have this cool format they're doing, which I think is actually kind of revolutionary with TV, right? Where they're like, Okay, they're mini movies. It's four mini movies, which is a lot. Um, and they're broken into three episodes each. So we got the first three that just dropped on us and we were blown away. And now we've got an episode four, which is the first part of this next three. And I'm like so psyched on the setup for this next three. It looked so I can't cool. wait. I can't wait. It's just a great show. So um, I think the sets that they made for everything has made it uh, into something that's the best thing that Disney Plus has done. Mm-hmm. So it, much more enjoyable than the volume. Yeah. It feels transformational to like what Star Wars can and should be. Yes. And I know that like Star Wars has been about like creating these giant shots of these huge impressive areas and ships and planets and stuff like that, but I think that it is silly. I think it it in how grand they want it to look, they lose the fact that the details are what makes the show great. Yeah. And so I think that this show feels so real and it feels plausible in a universe that isn't. And I said that I never wanted to watch Star Wars without lightsabers. And at this point, I'm hoping we don't see a lightsaber. Mm. Ooh, I like that, Eric. Um, Dude, hottest take, hottest take of the week right there. I like I think. that. <laughs> I got some chills. Um, so the actress that plays Mon Mothma, okay, remember her, like, Mon Mothma? She was, like, you know, leader of the rebel rebellion. Um, the actress was, like, we walked into the set that was, like, that collector's shop, mm-hmm. and we were blown away. I mean, we spent an hour walking around looking at every piece, every detail. Everything had a backstory. The attention to detail they're putting into this show, they never did with any previous Star Wars property, I feel like. So which, no wonder which is, we're getting this kind of like real result and we're actually caring about these characters and we're, we want to know the backstory of everybody and what's going to happen next. And it, it, these kind of like early seeds of the rebellion stuff is really important. Yeah. And I think it does two things. One... It shows you that CG is not everything. It's part yeah. of it, but building practical sets and it makes things feel more authentic. And I think that's very important in a show that's a fairy tale in space, right? It, right. To make it feel like it, it's actually a place. And two, it's got to piss you off that they didn't do this with Obi-Wan. And why didn't they do this? And what the fuck? Cassie and Andor got better treatment than yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that's kind of a shame. That's kind of shameful. I shame on shame on Star Wars. 100% agree. Um, Kenobi is a sham compared to this. And it's a shame. I didn't get that. Could you try? Sorry. Siri interrupted. Bitch. Didn't get that. Say it again, Jim. Say it again. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. Uh, this was great. We love House of the Dragon. We love Andor. Where are you guys at with Rings of Power? Because I like the show, 
but I feel like it's not kept up with the other two. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel kind of like, why the hell did they put it out at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe in comparison, if this was the middle of the summer with nothing else on, we'd probably be yes. A-list, right? Yes, um, A-list. And it's it's very good. I, I really like it. I'm not disappointed by it. Um, episode six, I think, is where we're at right now. Um, and it was a huge episode. It like It did everything that I thought was going to happen the rest of the season. It was a huge episode, but... They had a lot of big set pieces, a lot of big battle stuff, a lot of big uh, action sequences, and they're not as good at it as Game of Thrones, turns out. Um, They had some trouble with scale, and so you'd see, like, a big army of, like, you know, riders with torches coming in, and you're like, oh, shit, this can be a big deal. And then they have the actual action sequences, and I'm like... Are these these spoilers? No, it's just whatever. It's just generic, right? I mean, like... You don't know who's riding in or whatever, but I'm like, there's 40 people fighting right now, maybe less. Like, where's the battle? You know, like you're used to like, uh, so far the show has really looked like Lord of the Rings, the movies. And this one maybe didn't in some places that mattered, but the plot moved forward. It was really good. I'm really into the show. I just, they maybe need to figure out how to like do big, big scale action pieces. Do you think it's wild that Ryan who is the biggest Lord of the Rings fan that we know, hasn't been keeping up with it in real time. Does that telling to you? Um, it tells me that Lord of the Rings nerds are way too intense and way too serious about it because it's a damn good show. I'm, um, not, that, I'm not that serious about Lord of the Rings. I mean, did you enjoy the Hobbit single, like, movies? Like Ryan no. loves Lord of the Rings no. and he's not watching them in real time. Like he likes it more than you and I do. And so I think that that's right. pretty telling of like where exactly the show lands. I think it's like a B plus maybe at this point. Uh, maybe an A minus on yeah. uh, on its best episodes. Yes, I, I really like it. I wish it just didn't come out at the same time as Thrones. We're we're spoiled with great television, and that's yes. awesome. Um, but I think it was a mistake on Amazon's part. I think they should have said, "Oh, you liked that show? Well, then check out our show." Yeah, it's would... a, it was a it was a machismo. Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. I've got a huge mm-hmm. bald head and a bigger dick than the HBO <laughs> guy, so I'm going to put it out <laughs> two days before the yeah. game of thrones premiere like right dude you're putting it out on, he, and it's also just stupid because like you're you're putting it out on friday like that's the I worst hate, day i hate fridays it's the I'm worst like day of the week something on friday i might not get to watch it until monday sometimes you know so i i hate the friday drop but it's a it, it is a very good show it looks great i like most of the actors i like the storylines um it's it this last episode was like supposed to be such a big bang. And for me, it just, I saw some of the gaps between that and the competition. Well said. All right. Uh, next up, Jim, you got spooked by the Dahmer show. Dude, I tried to watch the Dahmer show and I don't know, know why they made this show. Like Ryan Murphy, who makes the most amount of TV of all, uh, anybody ever. Like all he makes is season, season 92 of American horror story. The guy <laughs> he's made one good episode like series of television ever that was like the original oj show american crime story otherwise it's mostly bad this is i get that it's good it's almost like spookily good um in that like it weirded me out like why are they really kind of glorifying this guy and giving him his backstory with his childhood stories dude this is only 1991 and i get that i'm kind of old but this wasn't that long ago like the victims kids are alive the victims sisters and brothers are alive and they're giving him this like feel sorry for me i'm kind of hot i'm like in in wisconsin and like killing black gay men left and right like i don't know dude i watched three episodes of the show and not that it's it's not good it's pretty well done it's well acted um i'm just not gonna revisit it it grossed me out dude it it I, I don't it's hard to watch, and I uh, I think I'm done with it. I don't think, and I don't think we've ever heard you say that about anything on here. I know. Usually it's like, but that's kind of the difference with like, okay, this is fiction, and this is reality, and I get yeah, that this true, is fiction, true. but it's based on reality, and I just don't think it should be portrayed in this way, and I think it's irresponsible. <laughs> I think it's, it's weird to see him like just kill a bunch of black dudes nonstop, this white guy. It feels weird. Um... I don't, and I don't, Netflix I don't is getting harangued because they tagged it as an LGBTQ show. <laughs> right, right, great. 
Uh, yeah, and then they like took the tag off. Like that fixes everything. Yeah, too late, know, <laughs> you idiots. Yeah, the whole thing is so weird. Um, I, I think a lot of people really like the show. Like this has gotten massive viewership for them. But for yeah, me, it was psychos. so disturbing. Like these long one cuts of like him with like a drugged up uh, black man in his apartment, where he's like hanging out with them and spending time with them when they're like incoherent is very hard to watch and i couldn't sleep i that's all i thought about all night i i didn't do well with this show you guys i i'm not gonna watch it anymore oh yeah <laughs> please don't it's, it's I'm out. too much i'm out get out all right um, all right what about blonde mm, okay blonde is really bad you guys i mean it's been like, like this objectively bad forever. yes 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 objectively critically bad Hannah de Armas is one of the most beautiful people on earth. We're going to all agree with that. Um, she can't get rid of her accent. Even to play the most American middle of the country, Marilyn Monroe. And she's like, I'm Marilyn Monroe. I am from the country. <laughs> like, dude, she can't do it. I'm sorry. She can't lose the accent. It's too thick. And that's a problem, and the movie is, um, you know, depressing and long and black and white for long stretches. It's uh, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's not for anybody. Blonde did you is it? a... Or, is did a you, or did you... Sorry, did you finish it? No way, dude. I watched an hour and a half, and that was halfway through. <laughs> so I think I did my... I think I did my uh, JC hour and a half. So Yeah, three, three sets of 30 minutes at a time. Yep, yeah, Blonde, that's... I'm sorry. I know that Ana de Armas worked so hard for this role. She pre- she prepped eight months before she started filming. That was a waste of time. I'm so- <laughs> She's not going to win anything, you guys. She's not going to win anything. Okay. So I'm sorry. Make a better choice next time. Bad movie. All right. And then uh, Hocus Pocus 2. Do we need it? No, skip it, dude. I'll spend less time on this. Oh, my God. I tried to watch a little bit. I get that it's like a cultural, you know, people have been waiting for this. It's unwatchable, even for a fun Halloween movie. Skip. Dude, Blonde is at a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry, I know we moved on. That's and high. Hocus, Poc- Hocus Pocus is at 38. They're Okay, they're both high. <laughs> All, right. All right, so here we go. It's time for Are You Rewatching Closely? This week in our Christopher Nolan rewatch, we are watching Dunkirk. Boy, let's go. What a film. So Dunkirk, um, I will say... Uh, did it's 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 a classic Nolan movie. I mean, at this point, I feel like I know Chris Nolan personally. Um, this is 2017. <laughs> this is one of uh, you know, it's just, this is just like an every Nolan movie. Starts out with a cool action scene, filmed beautifully. The first half of the movie is kind of boring. Uh, it's intense and sort of boring. Yep. And then as the movie goes on and on and on, he builds so much tension. His use of um sound is maybe the best that there's ever been. Uh, The way he turns music up at tense moments Mm -hmm. is an absolute masterpiece work of art. Uh, He builds tension for characters that I don't know or care about in this movie. Or for some of them didn't speak on screen for five minutes straight. (laughs) I mean, he's such, he's so masterful at some of these things. So I really like Dunkirk. I saw it in theaters and I think this is like the ultimate theater movie. Um, it was so perfect seeing it in like one of those great theaters where they brag about how black the screen can get and how crazy the speakers are. And it was just meant for that. It was meant to be seen in that way. Um, and I haven't seen it since. And I would say that like I feel about most war movies, I found myself thinking while I was watching it, um, that I didn't need to watch it again mm-hmm. or that it was kind of better. Just Dude, watching I couldn't, it once. I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking that in certain scenes. I'm like, I could just picture Eric being like, Oh, why do they need to show me how terrible war is again? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but ultimately I, I thought this was like a virtuoso performance by Nolan in just like um, how, a film can look and sound. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this was nearly even in the vicinity of his best stories as it was literally just taken from history books. Right. Um, and I didn't have too many characters I gave a fuck about, which is a real problem for me. Well, half of them didn't have names. No names, just random people. Or like George people. and Mr. Dawson. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But even though I knew the outcome before the movie started, even though I'd watched the movie before, the moments, the tense moments, the happy moments, the moments of relief, the moments of terror were so good that I just found myself thinking like, damn, Chris Nolan is good. 
I yeah. kept thinking that while I was watching this movie and I was pretty out of it in the first half and the second half pulled me right back in like every Chris Nolan movie does. He just starts slow and then he just, it just ramps up at the end into something that's can't, you can't look away. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I kept thinking like, dude, he's making like a story that is kind of boring. Like it's almost like what didn't happen is the story. And so, you know, the fact that they didn't get slaughtered on the beach is the story, and that's great. And he gave it so much drama. And that I think that was impressive. But, um, you know, ultimately, for me, it was a period piece that was all, like, brown tones. And so it just was a little bit, a little bit boring for me. Hmm. Well, I couldn't, I I couldn't have a, I couldn't have a more opposite take. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a very approachable war movie. Uh, mm-hmm. About a very I think it's serious a event. War movie. It's very different. Yeah. Well, I think it's like like there's not the Saving Private Ryan, you know, invasion of Normandy, you know, type of type of situation. Um, yeah, there's death and explosions and stuff, and there's ships sinking, but it it's not as gruesome, and it doesn't need to be. Like that's not that's not the important part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Eric's exactly right. One of the things I noticed, um, you know. It's one thing to watch this movie and just kind of sit back and enjoy it. But when you're kind of looking for things to be critical about, um, I noticed that, like, as I'm listening to it, like, not only did Christopher Nolan use, like, the violins, um, you know, crescendoing and moving faster. And and there was, like, metronomes and clocks ticking. Even the boat engines were, uh, and the plane engines were, were you know, kind of uh, cyclical in their intervals and then would get faster and faster when, when something, you know, was kind of moving. Um, and so I thought that, like, he, he kind of did that with Interstellar. You know, remember, like, the, the ocean planet where, like, the... Like, that yeah. whole, like, thing, and then it, like, get everything kind of rose up. I think he was experimenting with that stuff, but I think he really perfected it with Dunkirk to a, to a yeah. level where, like Eric said, I don't know who this person is on screen. I don't care, but he needs to fucking run right now. Like, get out yeah. of there. You know what I mean? I thought, like, the scene where it was, like, the big Harry Styles scene where they're in the boat. Yeah. And it's, like, stinking. And they need to get the weight off of it. And they, they're shooting them. And the guy looks at the bullet hole and he gets shot in the face. And then, like, they're like, who is this guy? He's a spy and he won't talk. I thought that moment was so intense that, like, I was, like, it was, like, I was struggling for breath. Well, like, anytime, it was... anytime a ship like that is, like, taking on water and the enemy is, like, firing bullets into it, man, oh, oh man. And everyone's, like, they're, they know that they're dead. Or, like, I thought the other big part um, when the, the ship gets sunk right in front of, was it Mr. Dawson? Was that his name? Yep, Mr. Dawson. Yep. Right in front of his ship. Um, and then they're getting the guys out of the water, but the water is full of oil. Like right. that was so intense. And like, you were like, this is such bravery from these people. And like, it is a magnificent story. It's like the world war two story that we never have had. And it's, it's because every war story is so much tragedy. And this was one that was a tragedy avoided, mm-hmm. which, and is what, so, which is what Jimbo's point was, you know, earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even though it like, there wasn't like the people, the insane amounts of death. Like this was the closest of calls. And well, what was the, I, uh, like historically, Eric, I think it was like 380,000 troops were pinned down here and then had to be evacuated. And, and it took like seven days, but eventually yeah. they got, they got mm-hmm. 380 plus thousand people off the Dunkirk yeah. the pier. They saved almost and, everybody. And some French people, some French soldiers died. Um, you know, they got a lot of the French out too, yeah. you know, which was just like a bonus, really. I just thought it was really cool. It wasn't my favorite Nolan movie, but I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I thought it was just like a cinematic masterpiece. Um, I think that at this point, Nolan is making movies for himself. And I like that about him. I think that's why we like him. I think he's so bold and brave in the movies that he makes. This movie was a Nolan movie only, and he's the only person who would have taken this on and tried to make it into a blockbuster. Um, I think it's not my favorite of his movies, but I think it I think it might be his his best work, but I don't know if it's his best movie. You if that makes you sense. You cheeky son of a bitch. <laughs> that was my, my last take on my notes was I think I said I like Interstellar more, but I think this is his best film. Over, I just think overall, he did. just from like a from a technical 
yeah. scene, you know, the, the with the camera on the side of these old World War II planes, and you've basically got three storylines going, not necessarily linear, not necessarily linearly, but they're kind of going in a roundabout, you know, uh, oval shape, if you will, um, together at the same time. Mm. I also thought it was like my favorite kind of scary movie in that like it was scary in a way that you could just feel the people's desperation and the fear of the soldiers. And to me, that was just as disarming as watching people die. Like I really felt it like when people were lying about what their nationality was because they were so scared and they just wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Or even the guy, um, what's what's our guy who's in every movie who killed the kid? Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy, like his character, who was so scared and he was like shell shocked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, or the, uh, the, the in in that same vein, when they were pulling the guys on board and they wouldn't go down below because they were too afraid, they only would sit on top. Yeah, and then I also loved. Um, I thought the most underrated moment of the movie and the best, like the best humanity of this movie was when Cillian Murphy asked, is the kid okay? And then he thought about it and then he said, yeah, he's okay. But he was dead. Yeah. Even though, like, the first, like, even though the first time he asked, he said, no, he's not yeah. okay. Yeah. And then he, you know, Cillian Murphy is obviously just a destroyed man at this point. Yeah. He doesn't need any more torment and torture in his life. And he gives him that peace in that moment. And I thought that was just like such a beautiful part of the movie. So I, I think I went into this movie with a bad attitude and that that's coming from someone who watched it in theaters and loved it. And I thought, I really don't want to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And the first half of the movie, I had that bad attitude. And by the end of the movie, I thought, damn, this was really, it was really great. I'm not sure that we needed, um, uh, Tom Hardy in it. Yeah. Yeah. Him (laughs) cutting to like, long scenes of him in the plane and like no facial expression or words. I mean, it was weird. These these got long. These scenes got long. Um, But I did think like the drama of the planes was pretty fucking cool in the end. It kind of paid off. And it was real. They had the planes, they had the old school planes and pilots flying them and they actually filmed it. I get that. And it is cool. But um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was necessary to show that like, this isn't top. It was cool. It was cool when he shot down the plane when his engine was well, off. That's actually peak. one of my that's actually one of my biggest nitpicks of this entire movie that I think Why is like mostly really technically like perfect because thirty seconds later or thirty seconds before that the plane was floating one way with no power and then all of a sudden he made a hundred and eighty degree turn with no engine yeah. and came back. That's impossible from a physics standpoint like that that, that oh. just doesn't work that way you know i heard i read that like this was the most accurate war movie of all time or something like it's it's incredibly accurate and like this incident was so well documented that like even down to some of the people that are in the movie are like you know real people real stories everything so i don't know about that part but um i just wanted to touch on a couple things that eric said earlier about like how you know, you know, people were dying and they, but they didn't need to show it. There was a, a really interesting and I think well-written exchange where like one of the commanders was talking to one of the underlings and he's like, uh, you know, they were talking about how the tide is going out and they were putting in that makeshift like pier. And he was like, uh, the, the underling was like, well, the tide's turning now. And the guy goes, well, how can you tell? And he said, the bodies come back. Mm. Yeah. And it was like, okay, oh, so quick, shit. uh, do you go 1918 or Dunkirk? 1917. Um, I like Dunkirk better, um, but I really liked both of them. Disagree. They're the only two war movies that I've ever watched. I like that seven, I really 1917 liked. better. I think 17 is better, um, but two very different tones, you know? Yeah. One feels a little more hopeless than the other. Um, I actually disagree on the Tom Hardy thing. I think this is the perfect role for him, um, where he gets to act with his voice only, because I don't think he does, like, his Eddie Brock like facial expressions are not good. Um, distracting. You know, I think he had very limited uh, lines in the, the Mad Max Fury Road, um, and that's important. And I think I think him just being able to deliver these lines very succinctly and you know, uh, very matter of fact, you know, like a, a fighter pilot would. Um, I thought I thought he did a really good job. I think this is a role that he's best suited for. Where where all of those other things are taken away from him and he can just voice act. I think that was, yeah. I think that's good for him. 
Um, I also don't feel bad for the idiots in the boat that almost got killed. I know the tension was there, but I think I thought they deserved to die. They were morons. Why were they going to hide in an empty <laughs> boat like idiots? Um, also, the guy um, initially who is uh, the Fortis leader, like the leader of the three planes, is played mm-hmm. by Michael Caine. I didn't realize that. Right. I had to look that up. Yeah. Nice. So, all right. What's your RT? I looked it up real quick for you guys. Um, actually, I'm going to say this afterwards. So I don't want to. Re- okay. Mine's a 90. I love Mr. Dawson too, by the way. I thought he was awesome. How he's clearly like yeah, a World War One veteran and or worked for oh, the Air Force or something like that. He he's a so brilliant good. actor too. I also didn't I understand why George had to get done dirty like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like what what him being like you know severely injured did. Um, I don't know. That that was a weird choice for. Me. Uh, but overall, again, I think this is Nolan's best film. This is like a 93 for me. I think that this movie was a 92. I, I thought it was great. I thought they crushed it. Um, and actually, uh, the the critics and the fans are are split on 1917 and Dunkirk, which came out two years apart. Dunkirk came out first. It had an 81 audience score. 1917 had an 88 audience score. Um, Dunkirk had a 92 critic score. And 1917 had an 88 critic score. Oh, okay. So critics like Dunkirk better. The audience liked um, 1917 better. They were very similar, um, kind of averaging out in the high 80s, both of them. I thought they were both wonderful. I think they're the two best war movies ever. Mm, damn, I love that. Love that. Yeah. Glad I so, asked about it, though. Um, next week, the final Are You Rewatching Closely? Chris Nolan rewatch is going to be Tenet. And this is a movie that I am so excited about. I've watched Tenet like two, two or three times before. And I'm just telling everyone and you guys right now. That's not enough. Um, <laughs> you need to watch it at least 10. Yeah. Um, I, I'm telling everyone that I'm expecting to go into this thinking it's the best Nolan. Mm, wow. So will I feel that way? I don't know. But my expectations are so high for Tenet. I'm I'm expecting to think it's my favorite of his movies. Well, let me ask you this. In, in that vein, which movie do you think is better? Dunkirk or The Dark Knight? Um, Dunkirk is probably better, but what did I enjoy more? The Dark Knight. Yeah. The Dark Knight is kind of silly and like... Well, it's a comic very movie. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. It's like insanely flawed, but it's so enjoyable and like, I love it. I It's one of the, my favorite movies I've ever seen. So I, I like it more, but I think Dunkirk was like more worthy of like a war. Yeah. Well, and you like, can see like was... experience that Chris Nolan had. Like you can feel the difference on screen that he's more yeah. seasoned as a filmmaker. This Oppenheimer movie from next year, I think, is going to be um, a better version of Dunkirk. Uh, more acting, more characters. Um, you know, but, uh, I think it might be really different because Oppenheimer, the whole thing is shrouded in mystery. Yeah. Whereas Dunkirk is like a doc. It's, it's going to be played yeah. by history teachers like you for years to come because it's like a fucking documentary. Yeah, true. Oppenheimer might be wild, wild. Yeah, true. And the cast is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, everyone tune into Tenet, finish this rewatch with us. Um, and thank you guys for listening to us on all three of our podcasts this week. And we'll be back with you guys next week with more Nord East podcast.